Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the DestroProds.com anime and manga podcast. As always, I'm dead. Remember today we have Birdie. Hello. So yeah, let's talk about some fucking anime, I guess. I, I'm i a bit on tilt today. Dead, just Dead man, is there something you, you need to get off your chest? Regarding, mon- regarding anime and manga, yes. But regarding other stuff, oh, most definitely. Because... Yes, this we this fucking D and D game last night. I'm a barbarian with reckless attack. In one fight, I made seventeen reckless attacks and hit three. Ah, oh, so you rolled like our James. Yes, but what made it even more fucking frustrating is I kept missing by one. Mm. The guys we needed to fight, I needed to roll a twelve. I needed to roll at least a natural twelve to hit. I kept rolling elevens. And also the fact that our entire party, minus me, uh, died. Yeah. Well, that's my goal for tomorrow. Just straight up full death. Uh, Nick, this comes on the heels of me trying to watch the Goblin Slayer anime. <laughs> because I'm the fucking master of segues, motherfucker. So, uh... uh you it- like it... <laughs> So, this is going to sound like a very odd criticism, or it might not. It might just sound like a bad criticism. But do you ever watch an adaptation of something and think that it doesn't have a soul anymore? Sure. That's what this was to me. Like when I actually when I just started watching it, I saw it and then kind of was just immediately just like, ugh, there's something off about the way this looks. Comparing it, like I actually like I didn't want to do, I didn't want to be just like that fucking asshole who was like, oh man, it sucks, it looks like fucking manga. So I went back and actually did a like side to side kind of comparison of what panels I could like match up perfectly. It doesn't look that far off. Like they did a decent job doing like ca- like capturing like the actual character design and the like artwork of it it just somehow has found an uncanny valley for drawings yeah where it looks close enough to be recognizable but is just off enough that it's right fucking there at the bottom yeah i mean i i have watched a little bit more of the series since we last talked about it and my sense that just I don't get the animation style they're going with beyond the fact that Goblin Slayer is almost always CG unless he's standing still. Ugh. I don't, there's just, I don't know. The colors are too washed out. The, uh, okay. It's, I don't know. Did you watch the opening sequence? Uh, I watched the first episode and then immediately took a hate shit. Okay. I feel like it, Okay, I mean, some of the drawing style is still wrong, even in the opening, but I feel like the opening sequence has a better sense of light and color contrast than the anime itself does. Yeah. The anime itself has just this kind of washed-out look. Like, it, the, the gore is visceral without being all that disturbing. Uh, 
the character models are really not really either cute or sexy for the female characters. They're just kind of there. Uh-huh. And I don't know, even the goblins themselves, which are by design kind of generic, basic looking monsters feel kind of underwhelming. Yeah, thing, like, um, that's 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 kind of I I kind of attribute that to the well a the fact that they are also a lot of the time CGI. Yeah, but then also the sound they make. Yeah, I know. Like, and I know they were going for some kind of monstrous sound, but for one thing, the goblins talk. Yeah, the goblins the have a language. Like we can understand them. This is this is like the quiet man where it thinks if you're deaf that you can't understand anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, so instead of having a language, let's replace it with like what happened. What would happen if Optimus Prime fucked a prize hog? Yeah, yeah instead, instead of having a language you understand, it's all of them grooting at each other, basically. Yeah, yeah. Just let me put on. Just let me like put on auto tune and it just make some fucking sex noises. That's what it is. Like, like they were trying to go for the whole, like you said, just fucking monstrous, and they sounded like attractions at a Halloween horror night. Yeah, and not one of the good ones too. One of the Christian ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, their scariest thing is just like they have just they have just the fucking priest oh, no, dressed up. Oh no, the in a, devil! Yeah, they have the priest dressed up in a devil costume, just going, "I'm gonna get you," and that's supposed to be terrifying. Just a bunch of parents trying to act scared to make their children look scared. It's like, come on, kids, look, it's scary. Ah. Oh no, you're in mortality. Ah. <laughs> oh no, divorce. Ah. It's like, all right, kids, now let's head over to the abortion house of mirrors. Yeah. So yeah, Goblin Slayer's bad. Just the anime is just the fucking worst. I hate it. Yeah, and I, I was at best okay on it before when it was mostly sticking to the storyline as said, just not doing a particularly good job of adapting it. But now it's started doing really stupid things with the narrative that I don't quite get. Oh, and actually, speaking, I get the, speaking of just doing the narrative, that actually reminded me of a fucking... That reminded me of a fucking complaint that I had. So... Goblin Slayer killing the goblins. Like, so go, goes through, does the whole thing, goes and finds the goblin babies. And that whole scene in the anime was done wrong. Just in, just in terms of like, like, like looking at it, it was essentially, it was basically what you saw on the page. But the way that they handled adapting it and like the small change they made to the actual scene kind of ruined the whole intent of the scene for me. Yeah, well, uh, this is one of those adaptations that kind of like how, uh, uh, what is his name? Uh, Zack Snyder's Watchmen looks like the pages of the book, but doesn't quite get the pages of the book. Exactly. I'm seeing images I recognize, but I also know that a lot of the stuff that made me like those scenes in the original manga are off or misplaced or poorly calculated. Like, um, okay, okay, so 
in a weird twist with the narrative, I don't know how many of the spinoff Goblin Slayer manga you've read. All of them. Okay. Um, for some strange reason, after they finish with the orc, they have a one-off episode which uh, both does the, the what you remember of these kind of like day in the life thing after the orc fight. But then it also does um, the promotion exam with the bastard thief. And it also does the thing with. Um... Uh, not magicians, adventurers who are look go come to Goblin Slayer looking for advice or how to beat the roaches and that spinoff thing about them. Yeah. Yeah, that was that, that was from Brand New Day. Yeah. So like all that in one episode. Yeah, that's a bit much. Yeah. And yet at the same time, they then cut out stuff I really kind of like that's necessary to the main story. Like they just went to Watertown to meet uh, Sword Maiden. Yeah. And one of my favorite scenes from that transition was the bit where the elf was hang hung over from drinking too much. And <laughs> Goblin Slayer was like, if she's having too much trouble with the poison, give her an antidote. And they're like, dude, that's really, it's a, it's a joke. And, and the entire cart just flies up because she starts screaming like, what the dick? It's like, Orkbolt made a joke. <laughs> that's fucking crazy. Where she then says later, oh god, the fact that he made a joke was so crazy, I actually sobered up. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, they cut that scene out entirely. Yeah, I look forward to them cutting out the scene where after they get through the whole fucking catacomb with the mirror and whatever, when she kicks Goblin Slayer off the fucking cliff. Yeah. It's a fun moment to they, cap off the adventure. Not gonna be there. And it feels like I don't I don't know for certain if this is what they're gonna do, but they might. It seems like they rearrange the order of events so that they can have the Goblin Lord thing last. Ugh. Ugh. Because if I recall the order of events correctly, they did the stuff with the Goblin Lord before they went to to Watertown. Yeah. To fight the the cult with the horde of goblins and the pirate stuff. Yeah, yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, they yeah they fought the Goblin Lord and then it kind of did the whole like pullback thing of hey this is all an RPG and then it ended with Goblin Slayer standing before the Sword Maiden. Yeah, which was a pre uh, preview of what was to come. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, they're going to do the whole Watertown thing before they do the Goblin Lord thing, assuming they don't just flat-out skip the Goblin Lord thing, which... Oh, they skip the Goblin Lord thing. That's a big fucking moment. I I don't know, man. They've done a lot of stuff that feels wrong plot-wise, so I have no idea what they're doing. Man, and and I had... I'm not going to say high hopes, but I had hopes that this would be all right. Yeah, I mean, it's White Fox, so it's not like it's a bad studio to work on it, but I I feel like this is not their A game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is this is very much they need to pay the bills. Yeah. It's like, hey, you guys hey, you guys did fucking, what was it, that ReZero thing, that's like fucking fancy or whatever. Do this orc bullshit. You goblins out fucking know. Yeah. Although I do have a question for you about Goblin Slayer as a whole. Yes. Um, the first bit where uh, Priestess and her party get mostly wa- Priestess's party gets mostly wiped out, and she's saved by Goblin Slayer. Yeah, um, that scene is essential for setting the tone 
But it, is, is it me or is it also very not representative of what the rest of the story is going to be like? It is 100% not representative. <laughs> like, that that was... That, that was it. Goblin Slayer is a series that kind of doesn't put its best foot forward. No. Like, uh, from what I've heard um, in the light novel, it is a bit lessened. Where it's more implications about what's happening instead of just fucking explicit on the page yeah and then and then it's also able to kind of get back right into the fucking real what goblin slayer is because that's just i feel like because that's probably just like the first chapter of a book as opposed to a serialized fucking monthly story in a comic yeah so they're able to just like so they're able to go like oh hey yeah we have a dark opening but that's not what the series is that's just the that's just what can happen whereas with the anime and the manga it is they need to show you because the people drawing these things are kind of sick. It's yeah. like, yeah, we're making this toy for fucking kids. I don't know. Get some tits in the ass some way. Yeah. And I mean, the series has, um, I mean, the manga, the anime and the manga both have problems with fan service, not to the extent of other series I've seen. Like I'm what's, I don't know because I don't know. You haven't talked to Core in a while, but I, of course, am around Core every day. So I'm just around him constantly bitching and moaning about the adaptation of Reincarnated as a Slime for a lot of the same reasons that you're pissed at Goblin Slayer, where a lot of the the unique identity of the series is kind of drained out by how they chose to present it. Yeah. So I do kind of want to read it, but at the same time, I don't want to read it. Well, as luck would have it, I read it. <laughs> so do you have anything else you want to say about Goblin Slayer before we move on? Uh, read the manga or the light novel. Fuck the show. Fair enough. Yeah. So then um, reincarnated as a slime. I started reading that. I had been seeing fucking. Apparently the marketing worked, but in the wrong direction. Yeah. It's, it's like the marketing um, drew attention to the wrong aspects <laughs> yeah like i spent a bunch like i spent a bunch of time like on imgur and stuff and because i have been on crunchyroll before the google ads that get through my ad blocker are like yo fucking check out the slime butch Woo. so i saw it enough fucking times so i was like all right fucking fine i'll check out the goddamn it check out the goddamn manga because no way in hell i'm watching the anime because i'm that asshole yeah yeah so i started reading it it's really fucking good Okay. Like, just kind of... I got that impression from Korra, but I hadn't read it myself yet. <laughs> yeah, so... For those who don't know, Reincarnated as Slime is the um, umpteenth bazillionth uh, Isekai series. Yes. Uh, but this but time... It's, but it's one of the ones that bucks the trends that we hate about Isekai? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he does. St- uh, the main guy does still start out as like getting fucking kind of god powers. A little bit. It's it's odd. So yeah, main guy gets murdered. Um, as he is dying, he hears a voice in his head telling him he's getting certain stat buffs because of fucking how he died. And and then he wakes up as a slime, just a standard fucking generico slime. He eats some stuff. He found he finds a dragon down there. At which point, he and the dragon 
make buddies. Just, just kind of just kind of rolls up like, how's it going? I'm fucking slime. And Dragon's like, oh yes, tiny slime creature. Welcome. Let us be friends. And we're introduced to the two main mechanics of this, uh, like a the guy and b the world. Uh, with the guy, he has this ability called Devour, where he can just eat anything, including a dragon. But then the dragon lives inside his stomach, so he just now has a dragon in him. Another another main mechanic is naming. Um, when you when somebody of sufficient enough power gives a creature a name. That creature then kind of immediately evolves. So, the, so the main, the beginning of the story is that our main guy, um, who I believe, do I believe, gets the name um, Rimuro or something like that. Uh, yeah, he meets a horde of goblins, and the goblins aren't like the whole. The goblins aren't goblins. They're goblins. They're just kind of nice guys, just cool little fucking shits who. Do occasionally pillage and plunder, but that's because they get their they get their they get their shit pushed in by every other monster race. So then, he, so then our slime ends up spending the next fucking day giving every single of the ten thousand goblins a name. At which point he passes out because he uses too much mana. Wakes up the next day and finds that every single goblin has evolved into a hobgoblin. And then that's just kind of how the series goes. As he gets more people following him, he gives them names, which makes them more powerful, which in turn makes him more powerful because he has more people following him. Ah, the uh, Imperial route. Yeah, and it's... And, like, he doesn't do the thing of, like, hey, I'm going to set up to be a hero or adventure or whatever. No, he just kind of is like, hey, I want to start a country of monsters. And then does that, and is now the leader of a country of monsters, recognized by the dwarves, who in this world just kind of look like people. Like, a couple of them look like standard dwarves, but then you meet the dwarven king, and he's just a dude. And we also learn uh, through other stuff is, is that there are other people who end up here from other worlds. Like, like there are, like, the main, main guy, uh, he runs into multiple people who are important to the story who are from Japan. Okay, but who ended up in this world as, you know, as the as the care as the main characters of other isekai series, and yeah, it's just a fucking it's just a fun series. Like like, like they do have they do have the occasional like really hardcore story, story where we're like oh yeah it's so horrible murder and shit everything's fucked and look at all these dead bodies, but then for the most part it's just. Just kind of people try to do standard fantasy stuff, and then our fucking crew rolls in because they're bomb as hell. And then, then the slime shows up, gives everybody a name, takes a nap, and then it's like, "Hey, guys, I'm just gonna like go for a walk and hang out with tits." Which, yeah, it's something like it's it's hard. I'm not. I'm doing a terrible job explaining it, probably. And Cora were here, he would be bitching me out. But it's it's just a fun series. It's a fun, really simple series. They are they're getting more into the bigger plot kind of thing right now. Uh, yeah. So um, I don't know if you ever watched this. I know I watched it several times, and Cora is the one who made the suggestions. This reminds me. It reminds him of uh, what is it called? Um, Log Horizon. Yeah, I can see that. 
Yeah, I was not that big on uh, Log Horizon when it came out because for some reason I was on the SAO train. Oh, oh, honey. I know. I'm I'm bad at my job. That's what you should take away from all this is that I'm just bad at my job. But yeah, it's a it's it's just kind of a very like light fun series. Yeah. Doesn't try to be anything, doesn't try to be some epic, doesn't try to be some fucking deconstruction of the genre. It just kind of is what it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, the main detail that Cora brought up to me that I found interesting was that um, the main character has a harem, but he's basically in no position to really act on said harem the way a lot of other Isekai heroes are because the character is either a slime or a girl. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Well, okay. No, no, no. He's either a slime or a genderless Ken doll with the face of a girl. I see. Okay. But he will still like go to a bar and be like super into being hugged by women with big tits. Uh, okay. But it's 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 almost kind of innocent because of the design of the character. Because, okay. like, the slime doesn't have a face. It just has, like, essentially ridges that indicate eyes. Yeah, I think I've seen this picture before, so I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so so just, so just a, so it's just a picture, so it's, like, it's just a, essentially, it's, like, a little, like, weird, like, slime toy thing, blushing, pressed up against breasts. It is 100% not, but it feels almost innocent. Okay. Which it yeah that, and yeah he he does have uh, something of a harem, but the, and the harem it has, the harem has character, which in a lot of harems they don't even get to that part of it. It's just kind of hey we got these girls they into them because fucking dick or whatever. But in this we have we got like there, there's the there's the fucking character for days. Cool, and so yeah. Well, I'll probably Re- I'll read this. Yeah, reincarnate is a slime. Check it out. It's a really good manga. Given how Cora has complained about, it, I think I'd rather read it than watch it. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm also recommend it, recommending it, and I will always recommend manga, with the very rare exception. Yeah, I mean, there's okay. Actually, um, there's something from um, my past I want to talk about tonight because. Uh, the only thing I like about, uh, well, I'll, I'll talk about it when it's my turn when you're done with shit, but the only thing I like about our nostalgia-centric anime craze is that I know eventually my favorite series will come back into print if they're popular or not. Okay. And I'll talk about one of those later because I'm going to buy it for myself once it comes out. Cool. So uh, then, moving so yeah. right along. Uh, so, uh, next up is another anime that came, is another manga that had an anime come out this season, uh, Radiant. Uh, okay, yes, I, I've, I've seen this, I don't know what it is, though. So this is a weird one, because it's a, because it's an anime based off a manga written by a French guy. Okay, that is unusual. Yeah, so Radiant is set in a world where there are these... Creatures. Um, I believe they're. I believe they're just called nemeses. Like nemesis. Like single ones, nemesis. Couple nemeses. 
and they wreak havoc on fucking these worlds. They exist in like individualized floating islands with just massive cities built on them. And the only people who can defeat them are sorcerers, but sorcerers are hated because of reasons. Okay. And every sorcerer has a every sorcerer has a uh, quirk about them. Like they like they're able to use magic. They're able to like generate these. Um, they're able, they're able to generate these. Um, like they're able to generate fantasia, as they call it, which is the magical energy, and then manifest it through gloves to be able to do spells and magic and shit to fight the nemeses. Uh, but then you have this kid called Seth. Seth is an idiot. Who doesn't need a glove to generate who to fucking manipulate Fantasia. And he is his whole goal, as set up in the first couple chapters, is I'm going to go find the source of the nemesis, which is called Radiant, and destroy it so no one has to fight these fucking things anymore. And that's basically it. It's essentially what if an anime was this this feels like an anime based off of like a banjo kazooie or like a hat in time style platformer that just never happened. Like in like but with design aesthetic, it looks like a hat in time kind of thing. Like like very, like very very like the the, the like the all, all pretty much all the islands that we see so far, they look like they look, the buildings look like they build out. Like they start on the center of the island, they kind of like blow out so we can get more detail of it in terms of the world, like a level select map. Uh, a lot of clock gears, and and then all the towns have that kind of. Uh, European, like non, like nondescript European fantasy style look to them, like halfway to steampunk. Okay. And and it all and yeah, it feels it feels like I should be fucking like jumping and trying to like like trying to like triple jump through all these fucking levels, but they're just environments for the story, which the story just kind of seems to be. Seth wants to go find Radiant. No one believes Radiant exists. Exists. Seth gets friends to go do stuff and then comes across the Inquisition, which is an organization sent to hunt down and kill or trap sorcerers because that makes sense. It's a very shonen series. It, like, it feels... Sounds like it. Yeah, ev- pretty much every like thing I've seen about it is just Seth doing something. He's like, I'm going to be the next Hokage Goku or whatever. Which, that may or may not be what it is in the fucking uh, anime, but in the manga, at least, uh, his motivation is not, I'm going to be the greatest ever, it's, I need to kill this evil thing so evil stops happening. What his status is, you don't give a fuck. But other than that, it is just kind of very shonen. And I mainly kind of, and I'm still reading it, uh... Like, five chapters, like, it's been out for a few years now, and, like, five chapters of it were translated in English... And then with the anime coming out, they p- people started translating the rest of the chapters, which is, I guess, a g- one good thing from the anime. But yeah, it's it's a similar kind of feeling I had to when I read uh, when I started reading Black Clover. Just kind of this is competent shonen, but it doesn't really do anything to elevate beyond just being fucking three star tier shonen stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, that's every that's what every uh, person has said, even about 
people keep saying Black Clover is good now, and based on the reviews I've read, that that seems to basically just mean, oh, well, it's now a competent Shonen series versus <laughs> whatever it was when it started. Yeah, well, the manga has always kind of been a competent Shonen series. And in the, in the most recent couple chapters, uh, they have... They did start something different that I haven't really... I don't think I've... I, I've, it's probably happened before, but I haven't seen it done to death like everything else in Black Clover. Where essentially okay. where essentially every single character we've been following up till now is now the enemy. Because of elf mind control magic. It's a whole thing that I'm not going to be getting into because I do not have the energy to talk about Black Clover. Okay. Yeah, radiant. It's 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 fine. It's all right. Just kind of just kind of there. Like if you read it, you'll you might enjoy yourself. If you didn't, if you don't read it, you're not gonna miss anything. Fair enough. And then the final manga that has an anime this season, um, Hinamaru Sumo. Right. Yeah, the sumo thing. Yes. So. I started reading this, not because of any marketing from the anime, but because I saw some bullshit on Imgur that was a screen cap of Tite Kubo's Twitter account that said that he fucking loved the series. Okay. So I'm just like, eh, fuck it, might as well. I started reading it. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's actually, it's actually really solid. It's about what it's the series about. Hey, what if a short person tried to be a sumo? Ooh. Not exactly the most groundbreaking fucking thing, I know. But still, it is. It's well drawn. It has, it has this very. It has a style that kind of reminds me of what if. This is going to sound weird to say based on how much we fucking sucked off Yusuke Murata, but what if I Shield 21 had better art? Okay, fair enough. I mean, I, I mean, you, uh, I don't. I mean, I love Yusuke Murata for One Piece, but I don't consider that uh, one to punch be man. Uh, One Punch Man. <laughs> Yusuke Murata did not draw oh, One dear. Piece, <laughs> but I don't consider that to be a particularly good showcase of his talents. I feel Twenty One. Yeah, <laughs> like it. It's fine. It's distinctive. But it's just so bland. <laughs> yeah this this does it. This does a decent job incorporating a bit more like flavor into it uh, because like like our main our main three guys are a short buff dude, a Yankee bully, and a big fat guy. Kind of our main three from fucking Eye Shield. But uh, they but it does it does enough that it. it like, like like the regular dudes, like the the big buff dudes who have like muscle definition and shit, they all feel heavy. They all feel like they have like weight and presence to them. And the fat guys, uh, they have like like they they, they don't just look like they don't just look round. They look rotund, which is which is kind of a hard which is kind of a hard thing to like describe. But there's there's difference between drawing somebody fat and drawing a fat person, I guess. Sure. 
So instead of just being like a big fucking ball, he has like the definition of, all right, here's where my head goes. Here's where my, here's where my couple chins are. And then also I got legs like a fucking tree because I do sumo. And yeah, it, it all feels, it all, it all feels a lot weightier than anything that, I, than what I shield 21 did, even though like look wise and like, or like, I guess design ish wise, they look similar to I shield 21 stuff. Yeah, like, like I said, it's sumo. It is a it is a sports manga. We've talked to death about sports manga. This is just that, but it's about sumo. So it's a lot about so it's a lot of talking about honor and the fucking and your pride about fighting or whatever. And they do a good job with uh, with actually drawing the sumo out in in sequential paneling. Okay. Like I don't know dick about sumo. Just, I'm going to say that straight out. Just, just, just what it looks like. I don't, I couldn't tell you anything about the rules or, well, I guess I could tell you what the goal of sumo is, but that's about it. Yeah. It's, it's push boy till boy go out ring. Basically. Yes. Yeah. We are, we're not Japanese. <laughs> I feel like I'm safe nope. in saying that. And so that kind of hopefully is a bit of a reason why we don't know that much about sumo. And this is gonna sound. This can make me sound probably horribly racist, but sumo is kind of one of the more ex, like like quintessential Japanese things to me. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things that use to a certain extent. It's been popularized by the West, but um, it's it's one of those distinctive aspects of its cultural image that you think of whenever you think of Japan. Yeah. Like you think of sushi, you think of sumo wrestling, you think of samurai swords and ninja and things like that. Yeah. We think about like Kamen Rider. Yeah. Just some motherfucker in a biker helmet doing a weird pose. And it's like, yeah, that's Japan. But yeah, and and so this thing, it's it's a lot of talk about like, hey, we got there, we got honor and stuff, and like, like one of their big things is people getting over the hurdle of, oh my god, you're gonna go out in public in a loincloth? What the fuck's wrong with you? To which, to which the response is usually, my pride is a fighter. Get fucked. Yeah, and that's a big part of uh, sports. I mean, uh, they take those who take pride in a sport take pride in it. Like, I don't know. I I was curious what had been happening in Epo. Uh-huh. So I read a chapter or two of it. Uh, it went in a weirdly dark direction because uh, Epo's first boxing thing after quitting being a professional boxer is to help train someone who wants him as an, uh, wants him as a teacher. Yeah, but it turns out the guy's a bully who just wants to learn how to box so he can beat people up better. And then he mocks Epo to his face for thinking about the honor of sportsmanship. <laughs> well, he's dead. <laughs> Just yeah, either because Epo like punches him once and kills him, or he gets hit by a car for pissing off the boxing gods. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, um, that's yeah. This this series is just kind of sports. If you've ever watched, if you've ever read or watched a sports thing, this is one of those. But it's about sumo, so it does have a so it does have a different flavor to it. it I'm a pretty bad critic. Like, just thinking about it. I fucking describe Radiant as like, oh, yeah, just a shonen thing. Go to this. That's a sports thing. 
<sighs> the weird aspect of it, though. So it so instead of being the sports thing of oh we got, oh we got this one guy who's really into the sport but he's never done it professionally so he, and he just kind of has all these weird skills about him. This is this is a former near professional level sumo wrestler coming back to do high school level sumo wrestling again. Okay. But the thing was he st- like his whole his whole thing of like oh yeah he was a legend in elementary school. He was called he was called a demon sumo wrestler. Because of how because of how he because of how he fucking did sumo wrestling as a seven year old. Okay. And then he fucking disappeared for three years to develop his own fucking fighting style because he stopped growing. As like he yeah, he is fucking. Is this the guy with the red hair? Uh yeah, our main guy. He is five foot one. Yeah. He stopped growing. He he stopped getting gaining height in, um. Yeah, in like at the end, at the tail end of elementary school, and so then he disappears for like all of middle school to go fucking train up in his own goddamn sumo fighting style, then joins the sumo team at his high school and just fucking wrecks house against people who are between one and seven feet taller than him. Because this is because this is a lot of the perspective trick of oh yeah he's in the ring with a guy who's like two feet taller but he feels fucking massive so they do the downward angle giant shot and fucking eyes but yeah it's it's a well written it's a well written sports series with uh, some interesting character stuff uh, well not int- interesting character stuff some good character stuff uh, I like um I like kind of our main guy um I. Cannot remember his name for the life of me. I know they call him Onimaru because of his fucking because that time he ripped up the playground as a sumo wrestler. Okay. I I know that kids participate in sports. It is incomprehensible to me that somebody's like, oh yeah, fuck you're that fucking elementary school sumo wrestler. I was a big fan of yours, dog. Cause that's kind of a thing. They meet there's a fucking sports reporter. Who shows up with her fucking cameraman, and her cameraman has a fucking camera that can apparently see fighting energy, like that one lady from fucking Crocodile well, Bosque. Sure. <laughs> and so yeah, she just runs in, and then I was like, "All right, in the next match we have this guy," and she's like, "Mother bitch, it's that fucking child, <laughs> that kid who fucking tore up the elementary level sumo circuit." Did they even let fucking elementary school kid. Is that a, that's a thing? Is, is it, isn't it, is that a thing? I don't know. Cause like, I can't really see that. Like I'm, a, I'm like, this may just be the, this may be the fact that I'm from, that I'm fucking North American, but all I'm seeing when I see that is just a bunch of fucking like parents around a fucking soccer pitch. It's just like, yeah, you go, do, yeah, you go do it, honey, and then just like fucking gossiping. One dude's, one lady's fucking the coach, and it's just a bunch of kids just pushing each other over, no real technique or any kind of anything to it. And you get to the end, and it's like, all right, kids, remember we didn't keep score, we didn't keep score. We're just here to have fun, but everybody's keeping score. Yeah, but the way they're treating it, they're treating it like he was. They were treating it like he was a fucking legitimate sumo wrestler on the level of like an actual national level athlete. Yeah. Shonen. 
I know it's shonen, but like, still, it's a bit much. Sure. Yeah, that's, that's, mainly my, that's mainly my only real complaint with it. Like, okay. like, like, another complaint is they just never shut the fuck up about honor or whatever, but that's just par for the course, I guess. Yeah. Like, that's like me saying, oh man, is really good, but they talk so much about teamwork. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. You got a chance to check out Hinomaru Sumo. It's a pretty solid manga. I don't know about the anime because, again, I'm that asshole. Yeah, uh, I've heard kind of disappointing things about it as an adaptation, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. So then, moving right along, um, this is now stuff that doesn't have an anime adaptation that I am aware of. Uh, but let's start with um, Ginpaku no Paladin. Okay. This is a sports series about fencing. About fencing? Yep. Okay. Yep, we got our we got our main guy. He is a little shit. He's a he looks like a fucking inkling from from fucking Splatoon. Looks like a squid billy. And he Oh, see- you said little shit. I thought you were like like metaphorical little shit like Damian Wayne, not like a literal little shit. No, yeah, no, he is he is very small with fucking the weird squid touchpad things that that the characters have in fucking Splatoon. Okay. Yeah, and so he, and so one day he is on the he's on the train and he sees a bunch of bullies going around doing shit and they start fucking with this girl and he's like, I need to go help. I need to go help them. I know. I'll go push the fire alarm on the train. At which point a at which point a man about the size of Yoda uh, comes up and beats the fuck out of them with his cane because he's a fencing master. Turns out that guy is the French teacher, the new French teacher at his high school. So he immediately goes up to him and says, hey, please teach me how to fucking fence. I want to not be a piece of shit. And then that's the story. The story is about this guy progressing, getting progressively better at fencing, becoming a stronger person, all that jazz. Okay. And I have no desire to read it. Because I got <laughs> I got up to the most recent chapter and found out it has been canceled in about another four another about another like two volumes. So I'm just like, yeah, okay, no, I'm I'm done. So so you don't you don't want another piece another uh, Kuragani situation where you're like, oh fuck you, dudes. <laughs> yeah, because I have one another one of those, which I'll get to. <laughs> but yeah, it's. Like, like art, art wise, it is a very exaggerated series. It's very cartoony. Like I said, the, like I said, the main the sensei is the size is like, you know, you know those characters in RPGs who have mustaches as big as they are, like that aesthetic. It's like that, but a fencer. And nobody, nobody ever asks any questions. Like, hey, why the. F- what are you? Are you a person? Are you a Mario? It's just... It is. Okay, so it's like... Um, I don't know if you ever read this one, but it's like uh, Hitman Reborn. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, why yeah. is no one like, what the fuck is that thing? Yeah, uh, imagine a guy that size, but with a mustache as big as his body. 
and that's our teacher. Uh, because Shonen. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything particularly bad. It doesn't do anything particularly outstanding. It like our main character. I liked his drive. I liked that he was also kind of a massive bitch. Like, like, like for, for, a lot, for a lot of the Shonen series, like for a lot of the sports series, it is we got a guy and he is either he, he he's either like, hey, I got this awesome, amazing talent, but I don't know dick about the actual mechanics of the sport and I'm also an idiot. Or it is I am the best who has ever been and I'm only going to get better. But we kind of rarely get I'm kind of a piece of shit. And even in my first match, I'm still going to be a piece of shit and lose horribly. But I, I like I like that like him getting out there onto the fucking I guess the mat, I don't know what they call it in fencing, but getting onto the mat and then him immediately locking up and almost crying because he's like oh god I'm gonna fucking die. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that aspect of it. And then we have the and then we have kind of surrounding that we have a the, the team consists of fucking shit kid. Um, some hot shit who was like, hey, I'm a fucking awesome fencer. I was the best in middle school. And then I went to a high school with no fencing club so I could, A, form the fencing club, B, be the only member, and C, make it the best fencing club in the fucking country. And they got somebody from Kendo. Which I guess, you know, overlapping skill set of they use a sword. Uh, okay. And yeah, it's... They also get real Cobra Kai at like in, like in like one of the first real tournament things they do. It, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Um, it's an unexpected thing. Like 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 you like usually in these fucking series, you will go to that one practice school and you'll go, you'll go to that one fucking practice match or whatever, and it's against the, like the elite school, and they're just the biggest shitholes. But it's but it's usually along the lines of like, oops, we accidentally replaced some of your gear with this, or oops, we pooped on you, or oops, we fucking use psychological war tactics to make you guys try to break up your fucking team so we can kick your ass. It's very rarely, whoops, I dropped a potted plant on your foot, then stepped on it. Okay. Yeah, it was a very sweep the leg moment. Like actually kind of literally. Yeah, because like, like, like he drops the thing on, like he drops the thing on his foot, and then he's like, "Yeah, I can still fucking fight," even though his toenails are peeling off. At which point, the captain of the team is step on his fucking foot. Do it now, or I will kick you off this fucking team and make it my life's mission to make get you kicked out of this goddamn school, you turtle. Yeah, that that that's full on Cobra Kai. Yeah. But then again, I found out it was canceled, so I'm like, eh, it's. This is going to go nowhere and going to end shittily, so fuck it. There's no way this story is going to end in four chapters effectively. Yeah. yeah. So that's that. It, I guess if you want to read a series with a decent buildup and a rushed ending, there are better ones, but fuck it, that's here. So moving on uh, to one that I'm actually surprisingly into. Um, Smile on the Runway. It's a series about fashion design. Kind of competitive fashion design. So, we start out with this girl. She is very short, 
but she wants to be a model. She modeled, she modeled a bunch when she was a kid. Her dad owns a modeling agency, and she's like, I want to be a fucking runway model in goddamn Paris for Paris Fashion Week. So she goes through it all. Everybody's like, yeah, you're fucking too short. It's possible, whatever. And she finds a kid in her class who is really good at like designing clothes and stuff. He actually makes clothes for his sister. His like younger sisters. He has some interesting design ideas and does all this really good shit. Uh, and so she's like, yeah, you become a fashion designer. Yeah, it's, kind of, it's probably impossible just because fucking school and whatever. And, and then she's like, oh, wait, fuck, that's stupid. I'm an idiot. Fucking design me some clothes. Let's go do this shit. And so he they designed, so he actually designed her some clothes and got it out there, which then actually got into a for real fashion magazine. At which okay. point, at which point we get to the end of the chapter and learned that the girl we've been following is our secondary character and the fashion design guy is our main character. Okay. That's not a bad twist on expectations. Yeah, it was a decent switch up. And so then we follow this, and then so we follow this kid who does the whole, who does like the whole, um, does the whole, I'm getting into fashion design, but I have no experience or money or clout behind me. So I'm just going to try to brute force my way in. Which he does. He eventually ends up uh, getting like an apprenticeship under a, under a like very well known, but still fairly underground fashion designer. And then he just keeps meeting more and more people who, like see that he has for he has for real talent for fashion design as he gets more and more into the world learning more and more stuff and eventually will go to do that as the girl just models his clothes on fucking Paris Fashion Week probably cuz from what I cuz from what I've read this series hasn't been canceled yet okay so i have fucking i have fucking drive to actually read it Cool. But what's weird is that what's actually kind of weird is they are releasing it in Japan as like a regular like regular series or whatever. But over here, they only just started translating it recently, so it's a very scattered release schedule. Sure, that happens. Yeah, because following yeah because following the Ross site that I follow, um, the raw from what I could tell is like fifteen to twenty chapters ahead of where the translation is. Oh sure, no I, I know that because like I've been trying to keep up with. Um... My favorite stupid thing of this year, uh, Killing Bites. <laughs> but um, the manga that's translated is like 20 chapters behind what's out. Yeah. And the only company, as far as I can tell, the only uh, translator that was translating it gave up translating it. So it's just going to stop. Or at least the, the, non, the non-raw version will stop. So I'd have to start guessing at what the story is from panels. Well, fuck, that sucks. Yep. Yeah. Smile on the runway is actually getting good too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So smile on the runway is really good. Uh, the the artwork, uh, like the, the writing, is solid on it. I like the character work on a lot of it, but the artwork is very much what carries the series, and it kind of has to because it's a series about fashion. Yeah. If if fashion is your whole selling point, you need aesthetically pleasing artwork. Which I think they have, like the like the uh, yeah. the, the characters. Like now I'm just imagining, I'm imagining a fashion manga drawn by one. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, it's so beautiful! Just just a bunch of scribbles. The hottest shit out of Milan, darling. It's this fucking hey, I made a ball. I made a dress out of steel wool. What you got? But no, uh, so. Character-wise, it is it is just kind of pretty manga. Um, it is it's well done manga. They got a 
a decent amount of energy to them. They don't really do, they don't do a whole lot of the like any kind of chibi stuff. It's mainly just like their standard character design, so they don't go really out there in terms of like expression. But then we get to the actual fashion stuff, and the fashion stuff is very well done. And I'm usually really shitting on fashion. Fashion is kind of stupid to me. Just like not like fashion, not fashion in terms of just like hey, I want to look good. Fashion in terms of professional fashion, because I've you, you see some fucking shit. Saw one person wearing a dress that just had arms growing out of it for no reason. It looked disgusting. But then we get to this, and this is more along the lines of high end everyday fashion. So, so we get to see, so we get to see like a like a lot of the designs, and they are the very elegant stuff, very like, for, very like you know, hey, this, this is like my fancy day clothes, but they still look like stuff people would wear, and it's all drawn really well. Um, the uh, this is this is a this is a bit of a soma kind of thing, but uh, but like soma done. It, okay, I, when I say a soma kind of thing, what I mean is. There is no objective scale. Oh, so the, the competition is based entirely on subjective beliefs. Exactly. So to a certain extent, there's a sense of arbitrariness to the way the contests are written. Yeah, and when I say contest, uh, there is the like there is the occasional contest, but it is also but it, but it's more along the lines of it is these people competing against the fashion world. Because like one of the, one of the first like big things the character has to do is he has to take an outfit that was built that was like made, measured, fitted for a different model, put it on a model that is like two feet short, like that is like a foot and a half shorter than her, restitch it up, get it all resized, and then add a second element to it. So so okay. so that the person can get out there and have the runway show be a success. It's more PVE less PVP. Okay. Like recent, like recently, uh, they did like the current story arc they're in. It is a lot more PvP because it is because it is. Hey, we are having this this art school, this fashion school is having a fashion show, and our main character, who is not in the fashion school, was invited by the fucking head of the fashion school to fucking be a part of it. So they, so like like this is the most. This is right now is the most competitive part of the series. And from what I've seen of the Raws, um, it they don't they, it's less it's less arbitrary because it because okay. it, it isn't like all right so yeah we're gonna have like ninety seven students fucking compete in this one competition and then we're gonna and then we're gonna grade you all on this to this and we got that 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 and this this is more along the line uh, the competition is we have three students these three students are gonna p- compete against each other and they'll be graded by themselves. And then they'll have like one judge come in and then give them like a rating scale, of like, like, you know, order them like one, two, like first, second, third. And for what I saw, he gets second, which that makes sense. It is, it's fashion design. It's not exactly a, it, it takes, it takes a certain type of skill, but it's not a type of skill that if you go to fucking school for a year, you'll be, you'll be such immensely better than some fucking scrub. So yeah, it's it's a lot less. It, it, it's, there, there still is the arbitrary nature to it, or the more subjective nature to it, but it is not. It is not 
it, it, it kind of doesn't have that problem that Soma has where, where it, like, it's just, oh, okay, they fucking won because he's the protagonist. And it's more along the lines of, I can see any of these clothes winning, and this, this makes sense for the story, so fucking let's go with it. Yeah, Smile on the Runway. If you get a chance to check it out, I highly recommend it. It is a really solid read from a, from a, uh, sort, from a, like, sub- subject that I did not think I would be into. Okay, fair enough. Getting back to the shit ending. <laughs> let's talk about, uh, I'm gonna fucking butcher this name. Uh, Fureru to Kikoeru. Which I believe means if I touch them, I can hear their voice or something or some kind of translation of that. I am not familiar with that one. Yeah, so it's a romance series. Of course, it with is. a with a, so so the, so the idea of it is uh, we got this guy. Uh, I'm gonna I fucking had his name up earlier. Uh, da, 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 da. Fucking what's his goddamn name? Uh, so yes, yeah, so we got this guy. So he is. Your average everyday high schooler. Uh, but then one day he gets to school and he touches somebody and is able to hear their thoughts. Turns out this happened because the other day he gave a girl an umbrella. Then that girl instantly fell in love with him. And anybody she falls in love with, they get the ability to hear people's thoughts when they when they touch people. Because she has that ability too. But, okay. Yeah, and so this and so this person, other girl, uh, Satori. She is odd. When we first see her, she is wearing a giant sweater, surgical gloves, a surgical mask, and giant glasses. And okay. th- th- and this is and this is a lot of the visual comedy of the series is just seeing what the author does with her because she's the one who gets the most SD time. She's she's the one with the, she's the one we see the chibi form the most of, and yeah, it's fucking adorable. And just uh, like seeing the see like the giant arms kind of flap around and shit, it's just it's all real fucking adorable. But then yeah, so she she they they know that they have this power like she, like she goes and tells them that like hey you have this power because of me, and she's like all right so here's what's gonna happen you're in love with somebody right fucking girl whatever all right cool I'm gonna help you get together with her and then I'll stop loving you and you will lose, and you will lose the power because that's how this goes anybody who stays with me they just fucking I this needs to stop this is painful. And so it is a series about a guy trying to get together with a childhood friend of his while hanging over the entire thing is the fact that the person helping him doing it is straight up in love with him. It's it's a concept for a romance series, and I I am I am weirdly fond of romance series. I mean, they can be enjoyable. I mean, I'm reading. I'm I'm surprised that I'm still reading fucking um, quintessential quintuplets because the very premise of it sounds like something I would hate. Yeah, but it kind of helps the fact that that series has it hinted that some romance stuff was going to happen, but it's mostly avoided the tropes of romance stuff for the first eighty chapters. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't know. It it depends on the thing. Like Cora keeps rattling, prattling on and on about the bunny girl senpai thing, and that thing just kind of repulses me on principle. But 
Yeah, I've I've heard a lot of I've heard a lot of people telling me like saying that it's pretty fucking good. So I may end up checking out some aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there are yeah. So in in the story, our our kind of like main guys, main thrust of things is I don't want like I don't want to fuck this up with this girl because she's one of my best friends, and then also my other best friend. And then they find out more and more about oh they oh they fucking dated for a bit, but then weird guilt about friendship got in the way. All that shit, and it the drama felt forced some of the times. It usually does. Uh, but for the most part, it was kind of undercut by the by like Satori and So. Those two, they had like they had really solid chemistry together, and I think they worked really well together as like a, as a as a couple. Both in terms of oh, they'd be good together, and they make for a good like comedy duo. Because of course it's a romantic comedy, and. And yeah, then then we get to the ending, and it's just it got fucking canned, so it just kind of stops. Yeah, that's always fun, particularly when your whole your whole focus is the plot. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're building this fucking big thing, and they are like building up steam, and then oh, she's moving away. Wait, what? And then she moves away, and then we get to the and then we get to fucking. I, I must go now. My country needs me. Yeah, and then we get and we get to like the for real ending, and like, like the last chapter. And it's like, yeah, so I still have mind reading powers. Yeah, she still loves me or whatever. And, and he goes and prays to the fucking <laughs> god statue that that she that the little shrine that he met her in front of. At which point she shows up, dressed like a reg, just like a regular person, not a fucking god statue. And the series ends. I'm just like, you okay. motherfuckers. It would have been That's... better if they fucking full poochied her. <laughs> That's not an ending. It is not. <laughs> It is fucking not, but the series wow. got canned, so the fuck am I going to do about it? <sighs> I would have liked to see where that went. It it, it sounds interesting. Yeah, and like, and, and like legitimately interesting. It like because like for what it sounds like you were saying, it sounds like the girl's weird, but not like psycho high school anime girl weird. Just like. Oh no, she she is weird, and yeah, she is weird, but people like her. Yeah, but like, I mean, people like um, what's what's her name from uh, uh, your Mirai Nikki? The- okay, no, she is not. She is not fucking the Yandere JPEG. <laughs> okay. No, she that's is just kind of quirky. Okay. Like, like when yeah, they, that's, what I, that's that's what I thought you meant. But. Yeah, like like when like when he initially meets her, she is praying in front of a statue of this certain god or a certain kind of deity or whatever. And as soon as the and as soon as uh, he sees her, like she comes into class and he kind of stands up and goes ah, and then names the kind of like statue she was praying in front of. At which point that kind of becomes like a nickname for her because everybody because she because she looks like that statue, just the way that she kind of holds and like stands looks like that statue, and so she takes it as a compliment and just kind of like. And just kind of every time, anytime anybody says it, she, you can see like the fucking like the redding of the cheeks through the surgical mask. Whenever she, whenever she gets like the miffed thing, she does like the whole like puff of her cheeks thing, but it's the puff of the cheeks behind the surgical mask and the giant Coke bottle glasses. Okay. And then over the course of the series, uh, they slowly get her out of that and have her like start dressing and acting more normal. And so, yeah, it's. 
like like the reason the reason she fucking dressed like that was because the less the, the less skin she had out, the less t- chance she had of reading people's minds. And she was kind of weird because she didn't interact with people all that much. But yeah, and going back to the innocent thing, this is all just like the reason she fell in love with this guy is because he was nice to her. Like okay. it was raining, so he went over and bo- and let and gave her his umbrella. And she's like, well, fuck, I'm in love with him. And she never tries to be like, she never, like, there was never any kind of real jealousy about it. She never tried to, like, sabotage anything. She was full whole hog. You love this person. You go be with them. I'll be fine on my own. But then just because, because, like, A, dude's a nice guy, so he hangs out with her a lot. And she's also just a kind of a nice person, so they just kind of begin developing what, feels like real feelings, but they never really address it. Yeah. It just, it's just kind of always in the background. If the series had progressed, they may have done something with that, but I'll never fucking know because fuck me. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see this. I would like, I would have liked to see this progress and get to a point where like this felt like this felt like a kind of series that would actually progress a relationship. Sure. Yeah, instead of being a regular fucking romance thing of, all right, so we have 200 chapters of will they get together? And then the final and then the final page of maybe like some fucking silent voice shit. I thought you liked silent voice. I do, but fuck that ending. <laughs> they go through that whole thing. They straight up say to each other they are in love with each other, but neither of them hear it because but I'm Tish. Get to the fucking end, and it's a fucking elementary school reunion. At which point they hold hands, and the series ends. Like yeah, I'm not that's just, like I'm that's not the saying being cute. I'm not saying I want everything to be Orimona Godry, where the couple gets together in the first episode. But like, okay, there's a series I'm reading right now called Blue Flag. It is, I believe, like forty chapters in. It, yeah, it, is, it is a it's a fucking big it's a romance series where fucking a girl is into this dude's best friend who is like the super popular guy and she's like this weird fucking nerd whatever she's into plants and so and so the guys like yeah I'll help I'll help you two get together whatever and those two develop feelings and then get into a real relationship and then the series continuing on is just them being in a relationship and okay. it's good it's like fucking forty some chapters in they started dating in chapter thirty. Something like that. Fucking like fuck, chivalry of a failed knight, man. Yeah, that's one that um I mean it's anime sucked, but Of course uh, it fucking it, did. Look at it. But that was another one that uh, the other the other mini genre that everyone was sick of besides uh Isekai's Magic High School. Yeah, and it had all the possibilities to be exactly like every other Magic High School thing, but no, it like it, pretty early on in the series, by the number of chapters that are out, it just decided no, let's let's just make them figure out how to be in a long term relationship and all the shit that that entails. Yeah, fuck, just people seem to be under this weird idea that a will they won't they is a good hook. Well, it can okay be. a good long term hook. Yeah, but like uh, that's just a, a, a aspect of well, it's been done for decades. So, because like 
these days, like some of the ones that do it are like super frustrating. Like I read this manga from the eighties called uh cat's eye. Uh-huh. And uh, the central hook of that one is that the main character, the main male character is a cop who is dating this girl. And the girl is a thief who is being pursued unknowingly by the cop as a criminal. And the whole will they, won't they find out or will they, won't they be together is just something that stays throughout the entire thing. And I gave up on it like after about 20 chapters of it because it was just so goddamn repetitive. Yeah. Like repetition, like over, over repetition can might be one of the worst things you can do in a long-term dramatic story at this point, because you, I feel like it tries your audience's patience. Yeah. But, and what, what kind of makes it a bit worse too, is that, like people have like writers, well, writers with as big air quotes as I can make have begun to cotton on to that idea. And so now what they do is they do is they do the repetitive thing, but also raise the stakes each time. So it's just progressively huger levels of cock blocking. Yeah. Like, like they see that repetition is a problem, but they don't figure out how to write something that isn't repetitious. So they just try to find ways to make the repetition not seem as monotonous. So they introduced a power creep. Yeah. A power creep into will they, won't they. Is it will they get together? Find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. Ah, fuck. Anyway, one final thing. Took up fucking 90% of this goddamn show. But, uh, yeah, so this final thing, don't have too much to say about it. It is one of those series that I talk about where oh, everything was uh, fine. Everything was fine one day in the middle of Tokyo. Then, whoops, all of a sudden, fucking bullshit, and I got to watch my friends die. Oh, no, fish are eating people. Yes, but this time it's BDSM Buddhas. What? Yeah. That's welcome to the world after five minutes. <laughs> so this fucking thing had it, 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 like 99% of the time, these fucking series end up being about time travel, like green worlds, magic girl apocalypse, fucking some other bullshit that I read and talked about and forgot about because I've read 8 billion of them. By by around like chapter between chapter fifty and hundred, they they reveal that the all these people are from the future or whatever. With this one, they kind of bite the bullet real early and just and because the con because the main concept of it involves time travel. So we got main guy, we got main guy twin brother, and we got main guy, we got main brother friend who is a girl. Back in the day, because he was the older one, main guy was your bestest. Yeah, everything. But then, as they got into high school, uh, the the girl friend she got fucking super smart and hot. And then the main brother friend, the main brother, uh, well, sorry, not the main brother, the, the brother, he got fucking awesome at sports. And just they started leaving him behind as he just kind of began falling further and further into. I am just a fucking. I'm a fucking Zaku. I'm just fucking mediocre. Whatever. So he 
so he like one day just kind of walking around, meet, going to meet up with his brother and friend. Uh, they he stops at a fucking fortune teller who gives him a thing saying, "Hey, you fucking say this magic word and you'll jump to a random point in the future and see how your life has turned out." Then you can just say it again and pop right back and everything will be fine. He's like. Yeah, all right, sure, I'll buy it. And then says the word, and then and then wakes up in an apocalypse where giant Buddha statues that have fucking ball gags in their mouth are going around crushing people and ripping their heads off and shit. And then he finds out that the time he jumped to was five minutes from after he bought the thing that let him jump through time. Okay. And then yeah, they, we we get we get to see the image of a bunch of fucking Buddhas in painful like in painful lustful bliss with ball gags in their mouth walking through the streets just crushing people. I'm going to say the fish one was better. I never read the fish one. I just know it was a thing. Yeah, the fish one was better because they made the fish feel like more of cuz like fish by themselves are naturally kind of creepy. Yeah, I mean it it's that's one of those like the further away you are from something recognizably humanoid, the weirder you look out if you're outside of your normal context. Yeah. And so a goldfish with the weird giant scrotum eyes. And then see and then seeing a thousand of those things birth from inside a corpse. But the thing that that goldfish series did was it started out with like it started out with you know hey standard fucking thing I got me I got with the buddy woo yeah everything happening, but then yes and then they and then they reach a point where that story ends and they move over to an entirely different story set in the same apocalypse. So it's just in a different section of the Shibuya Goldfish Bowl, where there's another character. So it's a it's an it's a a serialized anthology. Kind of yeah. Okay, that's it's something. That's unusual. Yeah, it's more than I could, more like like, and all this has is BDSM Buddha, which like yeah, as so a so it has nothing. So you're, I mean, I was going to ask this question based on what you said at first. You think this the story is just an excuse for the writer to to draw what he wants? Exactly. It's like it's like he got a fucking. It's like he fucking went into Photoshop and Photoshop a ball gag onto a, onto a statue of Buddha, and is like, I have the fucking next big hit. Yeah. To be fair, uh, uh, Hiroya Oku kind of does the same thing, and he kind of is a hit with a very specific group of people. Uh, yeah. But he also has the artwork to back it up a bit. Oh, so not even the art's not good enough to justify this thing in existence? No, it's weird. Like, the Buddhas look pretty great. It's just the rest of the people who aren't... Like it, it's it's a style certainly, but I not really enough to justify a whole series. This feels kind of like that Truth or Dare movie, like oh, Blumhouse, right. like, Blum, like Blumhouse's Truth or Dare, where where a guy fucking got like went into fucking Photoshop and then got the concept from the design and then they tried to write a story around it. Yeah. Also, from what I understand, that guy was trying to basically, that guy just wrote nothing but bad movies, but because <laughs> uh, I, I I was curious when they mentioned the title of his previous movie, Cry Wolf. Oh, right. That fucking movie. And 
The one, yeah, with, that, the, one the one where John Bon Jovi's the bad guy. Uh, is that the one? I was thinking of the one. I, I thought it was the one where uh, the whole premise was: what if a rumor got out of control and someone actually died because of the rumor? No, yeah, I, yeah, it's yeah, John Bon Jovi. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, Je- Jeff Wadlow, uh, the director, uh, Julian Morris, John Bon Jovi. Yeah, yeah, this is the same movie. Okay, I wasn't sure. I didn't remember the John Bon Jovi thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bon Jovi's in it as a, I believe, a teacher fucking one of the students. Yeah. Well, when is that not a thing in the early two thousands? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it's also a movie with a with a with a fucking underscore in the title. Yeah. That movie made fifteen million dollars. Good God. Yeah, but horror, horror movies make money regardless of effort. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Goddamn truth or dare made almost ninety five million. Yeah, and I think it's if it would only just be because it's called Blumhouses. Yeah. God damn. But like, it, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. I like some Blumhouse movies, but the fact that someone can sell themselves on the fact that they created the Paranormal Activity movies infuriates me. Yeah, I, I have a certain level of respect for Blumhouse. I can respect their business model and the fact that they've allowed a lot of cool shit to happen. Yeah, but just, the, but, but just the like the fact this, that he got their... his start that. that what gave him the cred to do whatever he wants is one of the stupidest ongoing horror franchises ever. Yeah. And the fact that he keeps making them, like if he'd let them die, that would be one thing, but they don't seem to die. (laughs) Uh, they, I, I think they have died. Uh, cause the, the sixth one was two or three years ago. Yeah. The ghost dimension. And there has been no talk of another one. Okay, well, if he, as long as he sticks to that, that's fine. I mean, he. I mean, he's making a sec- sequel to Happy Death Day, which is a movie I like, and I'm still like, why? Yeah. Well, hey, he also did the Black Klansman. Yeah, a Spike yeah. Lee joint. I mean, I'm not opposed to Blumhouse allowing movies to be made. They also made stupid shit like uh, Jim and the Holograms, but yeah. And they also Happy released Death Day Two comes out. We might, you and I, might want to do a riff of this one. If yeah, you seen it. And also, they're doing another Jordan Peele movie next year. Yeah, well, considering Jordan Peele just made Blumhouse an obscene amount of money last year, that's yeah, not and an Oscar. Yeah, <laughs> Blumhouse is officially an Oscar-winning studio. Yeah. But this is the wrong podcast. Talk about that. Yeah. That's all I got then. Fucking roll up five minutes. Fuck it. <laughs> all right. So I I don't have that much to talk about. I'll just talk about the one thing. Okay. So have I ever mentioned a series to you called Crest of the Stars? I don't think so. Okay. I, I can't imagine I would have because it's one of those things that it's really good, at least to me it is. But the stuff that's good about it doesn't make it particularly distinct. It's just a very good example of what it is. Uh-huh. So it's it's a sci-fi space opera series based on a series of novels from the 
early 90s. The, the anime itself was adapted in 1998. Uh, not on the high end of animation, so if you watch it now, it's going to look cheap, but this is one of those things where I'm in it for the story, not for the animation. Although, although it's not, um, it's not stellar animation. Uh, it's design work. Is oh really Christ! Good. I'm looking at some look of the I'm looking at some of the fucking artwork, and good God! Yeah, it's it's a little cheap. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a <laughs> that's a way to put it. Yeah, but I mean, you and I both know um, a good series can make up for a shitty design with good writing. No, yeah, I, I've I've read you, Show. <laughs> That's one of the examples where I would always pick the anime over the manga. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Crest of the Stars starts in a future. Is it's set in a futuristic? Uh, um, society where humanity is spacefaring and has a series of colonies out in the stars, like widespread galactic colony. Um, but we lose a major war to a, a society of blue alien, of blue-haired aliens. I can't remember what the name of the society is called. I had to look it up on the far. Navi. Not, not that, not that kind of blue. Like, like, think elves with blue hair. Okay. So an anime character. Um, they, they got taken over by a race yeah. of anime characters. Yes. Um. Yeah. So, and the series, uh, <laughs> the the defining aspect of the, at least the start of the series is that our main character, son of one of the uh, three conquered galactic worlds and he's kind of hated by humans because his dad essentially surrendered unconditionally uh -huh. instead of going down with a fight yeah and now he's being sent to um the capital of the conquering empire to be trained to essentially act as a local uh governor for the empire okay uh, and from there, like the entirety of the Crest of the Stars story is essentially just they need to get there, but shit just keeps happening along the way. <laughs> so it's like astral lost like, in space. Kind of. Yeah. Because like, uh, so he's, he's being escorted to the capital by one of the, of the kingdom. That's the uh, blue haired girl on the cover. Yeah. Uh, but the moment they get off Earth, their ship is shot out of orbit, and they <laughs> <laughs> just a fucking second. All right, yeah, and we're off. So fuck. <laughs> so they then spend several chapters or episodes trying to get off planet, uh, despite because, like, it, essentially, what's happening in this first part is that the alien, the the human. Who want to restart the war with the conquer with the conquering aliens have essentially decided that the best way to do that is to hold uh, a human governor and a princess hostage to act as a bargaining chip. Uh, you know, typical political ploy. Yeah, and the princess in question uh, 
she might like the main character, but she doesn't have much trust him, both between the fact that he's a human and she's, uh, okay, the term for them is Ob, A-B-H. Okay. Uh, and the fact that he's at best a provin- provincial governor and she's the princess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, hey, you're a decent guy, but like, come on, dude. So from that point on, uh, after so they do manage to work together well enough to survive and get off transport. At which point they are then taken captive by a Ob Baron who wants to use the princess to further his own political gains and force her to marry him to improve his own political station. <laughs> so they're trapped on his battle station for several episodes. Good God. <laughs> These people cannot catch a break. Yeah. And after they get off the station, which involves venting the... <laughs> then they manage to get there after fighting their... Cade. <laughs> so, you know, shit happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, just, just a bit. All right, the day, yeah. all right, the journey, all right, the journey from Earth to this place with our lightspeed engine will be about three days. It's a 27-episode series. <laughs> Yeah, and so as far as I understand it, there are three novels, and the entire fir- Crest of the Stars covers the entire only the first novel, and it's thirteen episodes, and it doesn't feel like it's dragging. It just feels like there's so much shit happening that you're like, "Well, Jesus Christ!" Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's jam packed story right there. Yeah, the second one, um, which they did make a sequel series called. Banner of the Stars, uh, which covers the second novel and is also 13 episodes. And this one is also full of, well, fuck, that went wrong because in her first mission as a, because like as part of uh, royal training, you have to serve in the Navy. So on her first mission in a real battle on a ship, her ship is blown out of the sky and the main character is taken hostage and she has to both survive, get off planet, and get back to her own people to field a rescue mission to save the main character before he starves to death. Okay, just... <laughs> the way you're describing it, it feels to me like the writer got the initial idea of, all right, they'll go to this, 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 and this. And then he wrote it all out, and then realized it was about one-tenth of what he actually needed to have a full book. Yeah. So it's, so it's just like, all right, yeah, let me just like slide something in here. Still a bit too short. A bit more. Still a bit too short. There's more. An ele- There's an element of that, but what the reason, the, what I like about good sci-fi is world building, and this uses its shit keeps happening plot as an excuse to help explain the world and the politics and where both all of our, both of our main characters stand in things. Okay, so, so it's less a delay tactic and more uh, exposition tactic? It's more... Um, okay, so plot structure, it's like the Odyssey, where it starts off simple and shit just keeps happening. Yeah. But while shit keeps happening, you learn more about the characters, the world they're in, and the plot that is unfolding around. Okay. And that's why it's mostly stuck with me, that and both of these characters... like. Both of these, kind of like how you were like, um, we don't like will they, won't they romance situations. Yeah. This isn't one of those times where once they figure out that they like 
the only thing that prevents them from having an official relationship is her status. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, like, <laughs> like given what you said earlier, it makes sense. Yeah. It's like, I mean, we like each other, but again, princess. Royalty. <laughs> yeah, I am soon to be queen. You are like a couple of rings above local mayor. Basically, yes. So yeah, yeah. Uh, that, make, that makes sense. All right, hold on a sec. These idiots won't shut up. <laughs> Talk about his dog, people. You hardly hear him in the back. Just going, <laughs> Probably should have cut this out. But I still end up cutting it out. You can never know until you get to the edit. And you can never know until you get to the edit and you realize how lazy or tired you are. Because I'm extremely that. Of both. Yes. All right, you back? What were you saying? No, I was just talking. I was just filling time. Yeah. So, I mean, I can see why this thing is forgotten. Because, like I said, the the elements of it, that the elements that make up it particularly unique. But... Kind of like how you have some things that you really like when specifically unique about them. Uh, that's that was me with this because it's it's not as boring as Star Trek is, but it's more invested in like its world building and its plot than like early Star Wars stuff is. If that makes any sense. No, yeah, I get it. It's it's yeah, it is. It is. We got this big political thing. But in order to like really get a good grip on it, we need like a the good characters, then be the context of the rest of reality. Yeah. As opposed to Star Wars, which is I eh, got these names. We're in the D and D campaign that I don't I haven't really fully fleshed out, so I'll just make some shit up as I go. <laughs> and then Star Trek yeah. is and then Star Trek is Eve Online. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, I really like this series. I think once it comes out, you should at least give it a shot. Yeah, I'll check it out. Particularly given the dearth of sci-fi space operas that are not either Gundam or... uh, Well, shit, I can't think of anything else. (laughs) (laughs) At least not for, like, ongoing series. Oh, hmm. Have you thought what's the most recent one you could think of? That's not Gundam. That might be part of the reason there's so few of them that have nothing. <laughs> I know there have been some attempts, but they all just feel like Gundam, but worse. Yeah. Like remember that one about the weird like about the fucking mechs that were powered by rape? No. Yeah, there was this fun fucking thing that came out. Uh, it was like, we had, these, we had these fucking mechs, and then when you get into them, you essentially become immortal, but you also get this weird drive to, like, occasionally rape people for, like, sustenance. Okay, it's, I don't remember that one. I remember something that, like, turned you into, like, a, ro- a van. Uh, I, I, I need to find out what it fucking is now, because I am 
It is bugging me that I don't yeah. know. But 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 this argument is basically proving my point that Valve Rave the Liberator. That's the fucking one. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, like they I tried with that. that. Um, they tried with a. I think like like with with the whole space opera thing like I like there are a bunch of stuff that had like you know fucking space shit in it that kind of felt operatic but nothing that went nothing that tried to go for an epic. Yeah. Like fucking Gargantia right. maybe. But even that wasn't yeah. really an epic. That was just kind of fucking If 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 the entire series was like the first episode it got pretty local. Yeah, like like most of the stuff that I think about when I think of like when I try to think of like space epic stuff is Anti-space epics. Yeah, stuff that like it goes against the grain of the genre. Or or stuff that sets up perfectly for the genre and then just doesn't do anything. Yeah. Like fucking Astra. Yep. I should go go back to that. Like, yeah, these fucking kids get teleported out into space and they end up in a fucking derelict spaceship as fucking everything's jump popping off around them. They find alien species and shit, and then nothing really ever comes with it. They just kinda are. It's more focused on the character. And that might just be because anime as a genre has basically decided, um, okay, so there is one series that could potentially compete with Gun Space Opera, but it, it, it comes out far less consistently, and that's Macross. Yeah. So unless you're a Gundam or Macross, you basically space opera anymore. Yeah. 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 But yeah, no, I was I, I like I, I was a fan of this one. in a couple of years since I've watched it. I, I'll see if I still enjoy it enough years later. But I do know that I like the plot enough to remember that many details of how it played out years after watching it. Well, alrighty then. All right, anything else? Oh, uh, let's see. Um, I could. Got one isekai thing. I guess I'll talk about uh, uh, abandoned children. So it's called isekai king koki, which translates to abandoned children in another world. Okay. And the basic premise here is that all the characters, the major two adults, are like preteens. Uh-huh. And specifically, they're all preteens that were abandoned in the woods by their families. <laughs> okay. So they're all orphans. And the main character, who is, as far as I can tell so far, is the only uh, wakes up, and then there's just a griffin in the woods with him. Uh, uh, I hate Mondays. <laughs> and it turns out the griffin... Um, He's a pretty nice guy, all things considered. He thought the kid was like trying to mooch off him. He's like, no, no, I just don't. What do you mean you don't know where the fuck you are? You're in the woods. He's like, what woods where? He's like, ah, oh, fuck, you're another one of those weird ones, aren't you? Okay, hold on, let me explain everything to you. Oh man, I I just imagine the fucking voice just he wakes up and just a griffin pops over. Just, and he's like, hey, the fuck you doing in my woods? Try to steal my shit? Get the fuck out of here. Like, I don't know if they'd go full Brooklyn accent, but I can imagine an aspirated, groaning, gruff voice, since besides the size, the the main thing that the, the Griffin is known for is being drunk. <laughs> Oi, the fuck are you doing in me, Woods? 
So basically, um, the plot up to this point is just uh, this one kid who remembers enough about the world, which was modern uh, technology and science, essentially starts, he makes a deal with the Griffin that I have all these kids that I've been, the Griffin basically says, look, I've taken all these kids, but they can't do anything for themselves based on the way things are. So I will give you three years to make them a self-sustainable village with them in it, and then you're on your own. Yes, make a village, child. And the kid, of course, asks where, and the Griffin says, "Eh, there's this abandoned thing in the <laughs> a village." <laughs> but, but Mr. Griffin, where do we where do we form this village? Oh, fucking no! I got to dump in my backyard. You could do that. Yeah, no. Let's keep it fucking down after seven. I, I get alcohol headaches. Yeah. So, like, I mean, there's some, there is some like big world politics stuff going on, but it's um to know about it. Uh, one of the girls who starts hanging out with uh, the main character is the princess of the kingdom, but it's kind of like only sort of important because the kingdom, as we know it, is dying. Like both the king. <laughs> Is the king of the kingdom is dying, and also the kingdoms around the the kingdom these kids are in uh, are angling to betray them, to betray him and kill him. Naturally, to just conquer it. So, in a weird, it, I'm not sure why, but the king seems to see something of import and and starts basically just giving him like challenges to test like his knowledge and understanding of different aspects of politics, economics, and the world around him. Occasionally kind of angling to make him a king. I guess in the in, for the future of when my kingdom is dead, maybe this king, maybe he will make a better king than I am. Yeah, when my because kingdom is dead, this child in his weird garbage village will rise in power. Yeah. And that's as far as the story has gotten up to this point. Like, there's a bit... But they're still just a village in the middle of the woods. They're not a kingdom by any means. So I'm not sure why it feels like the plot is angling for this to be like the start of a new empire in this world. Other than that, the, one of the girls just discovered sorcery. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, this, this whole thing, it sounds... It's, it's like, hey, ch it's, it's, they're throwing a lot into these fucking kids. It's like, hey, group of orphans, build a village, make it a kingdom, then fucking wreck house. Yeah. Just don't worry, you got this. Here's fucking, here's two cents and an apple. Go fucking nuts. Yeah, it is very much a, well, these kids are on their own. They got to figure out. They're doing it completely independent. Kid, the main kid's not stupid. He's like, okay, we need some help from certain individuals to allow us to function properly with like money and supplies and things like that. But at the same time, they're like, yeah, we still got to do most of the shit ourselves. Yeah. Which like to an extent I can get that. It's just the, it's the, the escalation. It's like, <laughs> like, yeah. like if this was a, if this was a story about, Hey, fucking kids go form a village. That's one thing. Cause that, that, that can be, that can be like a simple fucking thing. Like, Hey, we got this little village set up and then, and they're like, oh, we got to protect the village from monsters. Then, oh, fucking people are coming in trying to get our land. How do we get them out of here? Stuff like that. Like, small things involving the town and the character. 
That could be yeah, one thing. Like they but... So far, at least, they have not graduated beyond control of the village. I don't. It feels like there's going to jump at some point soon, but I don't know. Yeah, time jumped to six months later, and suddenly they're a sprawling metropolis. Yeah, I don't know. It's just. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Got to go yell at his dogs again. You goddamn fucking dog! Stop shouting! I'm trying to record a fucking podcast. Oh my god! But yeah, I. I guess I was talking to you, audience, but this this does sound like a kind of series that would benefit just from keeping things incredibly small scale. Like the whole angling for the bigger thing is. It yeah, seems like a bad is- idea. Part of me is hoping it doesn't go the big scale route because a lot of what's about it so far has just been this group of characters in this very small setting. Uh-huh. But at the same time, I don't want it to turn into these kids become the seed of a new empire. Yeah, and actually, I feel like I should say this. Um, mine's not a bit hypocritical of me, like going like, "Oh yeah, fucking reincarnated slime is great," but then this just fucking whatever. But a bit of a difference between this and slime. Yeah, well, I mean, for one thing, slime has unique powers that give him the ability to create a kingdom almost instantaneously. Some what you've said. Uh, uh, well, not not really instantaneously. It was more like it it did it still did take some time. It was a matter of like it was a matter of all right. So we got this big powerful monster, which is a slime, who then gives these goblins names. Then other people hear about this big powerful monster who treats who treats monsters well, who then show up, who then build things. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's it's not like um no time has passed in this world. Like it's been like since the start of the series for years, but at the same time, it's a bunch of kids who have one guy who is very good, who know has net knowledge that he can't really spread to the outside world all that well, but yeah. he's trying to use some of it in this village. Yeah. And actually, actually just to clarify, it's a bunch of orphans. Yeah, it is. It's a bunch of orphans. Yes, it's a bunch of fucking orphans who were ra- who I guess were raised by a griffin. Yeah, they were. Well, they were raised by a griffin at least for a. a I'm not sure exactly how long. There, there, there was a big war between the host kingdom that they keep talking to and the other surrounding kingdoms, and the war went on so long that, uh, in order to avoid like higher taxes or too many mouths to feed, many of the richer families just abandoned their children. <laughs> God. So yeah, this very much is a kick the children while they're down. Yeah, it's like, oh dear, it appears that we do not have enough food to feed a child. I know, let's leave him in the woods. They'll fan up a boar, then we'll kill the boar and eat it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh god! I don't kind of I don't kind of want to write a story about people who feed feed kids to boars to kill the boars to eat the boars. That would be dickish. It's just like just like a little like short story thing, just real like comedy about how big a dick bags these people are. Sure. Anyway. So yeah. Uh, all right. One other thing, and then I'll be done. Um, all right, this is a series I like, but it's also one where I get why the t- why it's called what it is, t- but I'm stupid. 
Uh, this is from last year, or it might be just no. I think it's from earlier year, actually. Uh, princess Principal. Okay, is it about a principal? It's a princess. Yeah, it's also a uh, steampunk spy story and set in London. Fucking what? Yeah, the premise of this thing is: what if the Cold War happened in London in the nineteen twenties? I don't know. Would it be? Would it just be the right? Would it be rising tensions, but a couple decades earlier? I it's hard to tell at this point. I haven't watched the whole thing. Just a few, uh, because they are still a royal family in a time where being royal actually because like in the time when the Cold War happened in our world, yeah, if you were royal, that was important, but you were no longer like the definitive political force. You were a figurehead. Yeah. Whereas here, it seems like you might actually have real political power. And the main char- the princess in question, runs an academy for um, no for, for girls from noble families, which she is also using as a front for a spy agency that runs people for, across the Iron Curtain that runs through London. Yeah, it should have been called something other than Princess Principal because Princess Principal sounds like a fucking like shojo series about a goddamn like school run by a princess and it's like, oh god, I don't know how to deal with this fucking school. Yeah, like I said, this is the this is a series where I get why you called it that. It doesn't sell what you're selling. Yeah, there are more important <laughs> I mean, things happening around the world. Yeah. Like I mean they are like the main characters are all girls, so there is that element. But that's it's one of those things actual spy shit like intercepting uh communiques and assassinating people uh running defectors across the iron wall that runs through london Uh uh-huh so it's just weird that uh, i don't know much about um the creative team that made this series Uh, the the only thing i i thought of when i first looked at it is like oh yay a yuki kajura series that doesn't a a series that has yuki kajura music in it that doesn't suck (laughs) For, for those who don't know, Yuki Kajura is a pretty good uh, uh, music composer for anime. Unfortunately, the two series that Yuki Kajura is probably most well-known for the West are Dot Hack and SAO. Ugh. <laughs> ugh. Yes, Which, ugh. That's unfortunate. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's a steampunk spy story, complete with like weird levitation tech that um, allows for like zeppelins to hover over the world infinitely, like they're in Gotham with searchlights. But um, at the same time, uh, they're they're doing they have like one of the main characters, uh, her main for. The thing that makes her most useful is that she seems to have a pocket version of the tech, which, according to the characters in the series that has been established so far, should be impossible because it's like trying to make. It's like in the first Iron Man where uh, Jeff Bridges' character is like, "You can't make a pocket version of it; would be impossible." Yeah, no, that was a scientist t- telling Je- that to Jeff Bridges. Like, 
Tony Stark built us in a cave with a box of scraps. So yeah, but she uses this to essentially either do the anti-gravity thing with cars or to jump over the iron wall and assassinate people before jumping back over. Princess principle. Yeah. Again, I don't know why they went with that title. To, I guess, I guess part of the reason I didn't watch it originally, the cute girls doing cute things thing, and it was called Princess Principle. So I was like, this is probably going to be another like, Gako. Uh, what is it? Uh, zombie School Academy, the thing where it was little girls running through school having everyday lives except it was also a zombie apocalypse yeah and i'm looking at a fucking i'm looking at some images for it and yeah this looks like, this looks like a cute girl doing cute girl things but fantasy yeah i but, mean it's a steampunk fantasy but it's but. it's really fucking weird because like we get the we get the first poster and it's like five main characters we got one of them as like a fucking blue head looking off into the distance and the rest of them just kind of like progressively getting less illegal before we get the yeah. last one pulling out a fucking gun. And then it's just like, Princess Principal. Yeah. And the director of the series is one of those guys who's directing an animating career. I can I can't cannot get a beat on spies. So it's impossible to tell what I think of his career. Because he's worked on stuff like plastic memories and noir and uh even SAO, but he's also worked on Ghost in the Shell and Full Metal Alchemist and Flip Flappers and Fully Cooley. So I think he's just a guy. Yeah. I can't get a sense of his directorial career from looking at filmography. It's like you're a guy, basically. Yeah. Which is fine. It's not a bad thing necessarily. Yeah. It's just there need to be workmen. Yeah. I just, I can't, um, yeah, I like, ultimately I like this. It's just, okay, um, weird that I'm going back to this. There was a series I talked with you about back when I first started this show called, um, uh, it's so stupid. I can't remember the name of it now. Uh, oh, Divergence Eve. Um, yeah. Divergence Eve was, a, was another series where it felt like it was at war with itself because it was animated like it was because it was animated by the guys who but it was written by guys who'd written sci-fi horror shit. Yeah. And that came out in the like the comparison between the where in the opening it was a you see like mutant transformations and like electrical spirits moving through the walls destroying things and it's like a dark synth beat over guitar riffs but the ending is the most plastic poppy thing i've ever seen and it's particularly jarring in episodes that end with techno zombies eating someone inside of their own robot and then it cuts to a j-pop song yeah. Yeah. This feels like it has a similar problem of the kind of story it wants the way it portrays it. 
Mm-hmm. But I thought I, I think it's good. I thought it was good enough to at least, unlike some other things that I need to watch a few more episodes before I say something about them because I need to figure out how I feel about certain stupid things. But I will get to that in due time. Alrighty. Until then, I'm done. Actually, speaking of steampunk, the weird coincidence. I was just kind of like surfing around checking out stuff about the series. It'll get over Twitter, and the first thing in the fucking feed was somebody saying, "Hey, Steam Boy's underrated." Oh, the movie Steam Boy. Yeah, it's um, like it's like I'm looking into Steam Boy, and I and I kind of want to watch Steam Boy. You've never seen it? I have not. Okay, I've seen it. It's pretty good. I I I, I don't know why I'd, I'd have to. Know. It's uh. It's an impressive animated spectacle. It's from that era in the late '90s, early 2000s, where full full animated movies with no almost little to no CG at all that you can tell could be made, and people would see them. Uh huh. I guess it's just not as well known because it's not a Ghibli joint. Yeah, but it is from fucking. But it is from fucking Katsuhiro Otomo, who did Akira. Yeah, I mean, Katsuhiro Otomo is one of the only other creative voices that can get animated movies based on his work made that's not working for Ghibli. Yeah. Oh, well. I'll get into it later. I, I'm probably going to watch it. I really like The Rocketeer, and that kind of looks like Rocketeer the anime. Yeah, I, I, there's definitely comparisons to that. All right, then. So, I guess I'll go do it for this week, then. Mm-hmm. Thank y'all for joining us. We'll be back. Some fucking point more of this shit. Dylan, I'm dead. I'm Birdie. We'll see you guys next time.